Welcome to Independence for America with your host, Mike Cantwell. My guest today is Laura Sibilia. Laura is currently one of three independents serving in the Vermont House and was first elected to the Vermont House in 2014. Laura is the co-chair of the Aurora Caucus and the Veterans Affairs Caucus. Thank you for being my guest today, Laura. Really appreciate you joining the Independence for America podcast. Yes. Good morning, Michael. It's so great to see you again. I know. It's been a long time. I think the last and only time we met in person was uh, at the Unite Summit in Denver way back in 2018. I think we uh, we had a few drinks together there. So that was a, a great summit. Did you uh, enjoy that also? I really did. It was wonderful uh, meeting so many folks that are uh, working in the uh, unaffiliated space that are working for democracy reforms uh, and that love our country. So it's good, good to make all of those connections. Oh, yeah. It was just an awesome experience for me. Um, all right. So let's jump, jump into the podcast here. Laura, can you tell us a little bit about your like childhood and early adult years and what motivated you to run for public office? Sure. So, uh, Michael, I am the oldest of uh, 12. Oh, my gosh. My family, yes. And uh, we grew up, uh, we were not especially wealthy. And in fact, uh, you know, we were fairly poor when uh, when I was growing up. Um, my mom ended up raising us uh, largely on her own. And uh, we've become fairly resourceful and uh, have a pretty strong ethos of uh, public service in our family. We benefited from public service and uh, there's a big military and um, and uh, public service bend uh, amongst my siblings and I. Um, I was, uh, as you noted, in the, I spent a number of years working on our school boards, uh, running for election on our school boards. I feel like public education is such a differentiator and such an opportunity for every student uh, and I also uh, was working in my community for our Chamber of Commerce and on disaster recovery projects and felt like there's really more that we can do uh, at the state level to help communities like mine, really rural Vermont communities, uh, succeed. And uh, worked uh, a lot with my uh, existing elected representatives and senators and then uh, just felt like there things were not happening as quickly as I would like to see. And the, the issues that I felt needed to be prioritized were not being prioritized. And I decided I would run. And that was uh, quite a campaign. Uh, and, uh, and I beat uh, an uh, eight-year incumbent. Wow. And uh, uh, it was it was a very eye-opening event. That was in a different district than the one that I currently serve, serve in. Um, we've just gone through reapportionment in my uh the old district that I represented was eliminated, <laughs> interestingly enough, and uh, a new, a couple of new districts created. So, uh, yeah, and uh, I've brought all of my experiences from my childhood and uh, from my work life into the legislature. These, you know, end up being uh, really the priorities that I'm focusing on: uh, rural rural issues and military issues and education issues. So sadly, I've never been to Vermont. I know that's uh, that's surprising, but uh, can you kind of yeah. paint a little picture of the district that you represent and some of your 
constituents and some of the challenges that the people of rural Vermont face? Sure. So I live in southern Vermont, and Vermont has a road that um, goes from top to bottom. It's pretty rural, scenic uh, highway, Route 100, and it's also often called the Skiers Highway. So along Route 100, we've got um, these incredible ski resorts, and we also have uh, the towns that support the ski resorts with the workers. Uh, And those towns um, are pretty rural. And they're getting older, and a lot of them are poor. And uh, uh, that's that's what I have in my district. I've got incredibly wealthy towns and uh, and really poor towns uh, and folks that are uh, trying to make it. So it's it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, very mountainous. Uh, we're really pretty isolated here. Um, we are. Uh, in the Green Mountains in southern Vermont, uh, the the northern parts of Vermont are more flat for the Champlain uh, Valley around the Sh- Lake Champlain, and that tends to be where we have more population, where our government uh, is centered at. So it's hard to get here. Folks feel forgotten um, and isolated. So you know, when I first ran, I ran as their local voice, uh, our local voice for our district, and that's what I have uh, tried to bring forward is the voice of my constituents uh, and those folks who feel like they haven't been heard into the state house. So when you decided to run in 2016, um, why didn't you run as a Republican or a Democrat? Well, I had actually been approached uh, several years earlier by three moderate Republicans um, at the time uh, about running. And uh, I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Republican and, uh, the national Republicans, you know, have, are really just too extreme, uh, for me. I cannot, uh, I cannot support that. And, you know, I'm not going to run as a Democrat, uh, in our state because I feel like the state Democrats are too extreme. And, uh, so, you know, I'd have to run as an independent and uh, they said, that's fine. <laughs> I was an independent. Uh, it took me a few years. My kids were still pretty young then uh, to think about it, uh, but it's really never been a question for me, you know. And uh, depending on the issue, depends on my vote. Uh, you know, it's I, I'm really more about process and feeling like we can solve any problem if we just, you know, all kind of come together and work through the issues, bring the correct expertise, and get things done. And and while I understand grassroots organizing. Um, coming from a rural area and the value that that brings. And so the value to having some parties, there's also tremendous value in having some, uh, I like to call us free radicals in the uh, <laughs> Vermont State House. <laughs> Depending on the issue, we're going to go this way or that way. Uh, there's some value to that. So when we talked on the phone uh, a few weeks ago, I could just really tell that you really enjoyed the legislative process and kind of the give and the take. And could you... Tell me what you you're working on right now in the in the state house and and the unique role you play as an independent. Sure. Uh, so the as I said, issues um, that um, I've brought forward the issues uh, of my experience of my of my community. So uh, I'm the a founder and co chair of the um, 
the National Guard and Veterans Affairs Caucus. We're working now to uh, on an exemption for military retirement pay, as well as uh, working with our federal delegation on um, on uh, burn pit um, issues from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Uh, in the state house, our governor is adamantly in support of uh, military. Um, uh, exempting the pay of military retirees. Uh, he's a moderate Republican, and uh, that has been uh, an extremely uphill battle in the um, supermajority Democratic House. And so I work, I've uh, actually a Democratic and a Republican co-chair for the caucus, and we are working together with both sides trying to make progress uh, on that issue. Um we also have uh, a rural caucus, which is tripartisan, and where we try and deal with um, land use issues uh, in, as one topic. Um, you know, we've got a very strong environmental ethos uh, in Vermont, uh, and sometimes, sometimes it's really preventing um, things that are really important to Vermonters and that we need, for instance, you know, an impediment to our housing or to improving our infrastructure. And so uh, working on navigating those places, both around um, telecommunications and energy and housing. Well, and being an independent, uh, you you can bridge the divide between the Republicans and the Democrats. And you've also have a unique role with the governor. He he really calls on you to help bridge some of these divides. Can you uh, tell a little bit about that? So uh, the governor's been in office for uh, seven seven years now, uh, and uh, I think the governor him the the governor uh, Governor Phil Scott is the governor in Vermont. Um, he is a fairly popular governor uh, in our state. Our state is uh, very 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 blue, um, and uh, but our state believes in. Um, in uh, this bipartisan work, uh, and uh, as the chair, co-chair of the rural caucus, you know we've worked really hard with the governor this year. Um, his uh, inaugural day address was all about uh, making sure that we are keeping rural um, communities uh, in mind as we are trying to appropriate funds, these once-in-a-lifetime climate change funds and funds from um, COVID recovery, making sure that our rural communities are able to uh, leverage this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And so uh, we've done a lot of work with his administration on that, as well as uh, rural capacity building, uh, telecommunications. The governor of Vermont is really has been leading in that space uh, with support from our governor and from, you know, our Democratic leadership in the House and Senate. Um, Laura, you mentioned earlier about your family's long history of military service. Um, Could you tell us a little bit more about this? Um, I think you have some brothers in the military and then some of your children. And how has it informed you as you serve uh, in the Vermont House? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. Um, so I do have four brothers, and they've all served. Um, some of them have done a number of combat deployments, uh, as well as my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And uh, you know, during the Afghanistan and Iraq, the height of those wars, uh, it was really um, pretty distressing. Um, as their older sister uh, 
not always agreeing with the decisions that uh, our country was making, uh, not being aware that um, they may not have been appropriately resourced at certain times. And it just really became so clear to me how important it was to have um, lawmakers and policymakers that understood um, and valued um, the tremendous um, resource that uh, a, a soldier, an airman, a marine, um, sailor, uh, what that is, the, uh, the sacredness of that. And um, that really has been an inspiration for me in terms of public service. Um, again, you know, our, our military, they're not able to um, really speak or advocate. You know, they're allowed to speak with their um with their representatives, but they're not really able to advocate for um, things that they might need or to really even um, it's really difficult for them to raise the flag on something uh, that's that's not going well. And so, again, kind of representing um, those without a voice uh, is really important to me and kind of challenging uh, power uh, when when things are not going well. Uh, making sure that we're doing a good job when we are bringing forward initiatives. And that has um, really carried forward for me in my service. Um, my daughter uh, is in uh, the service now. She's actually deployed right now as a nurse um, uh, in the Middle East. And I'm looking forward to the end of the session and uh, going to welcome her home just afterwards. So, well, uh, thank your children for their service. We we really do appreciate yeah. it, and I do think you have a unique perspective that you can bring to the Vermont uh, House. Uh, tell us a little bit about your 2022 campaign, and was it different than your previous campaigns? And uh, you know, did it get you know toxic? Did it get really nasty, or was it uh, you know a little bit more civil? And then have you thought about uh, running for higher office? So uh, in 2022, um, I did have another, um, uh, I had someone else run as an independent. Um, They're uh, in the age of uh, both in 2022 and in 2020, you know, I had, I had folks run and, uh, I always think it's good for the voters to have a choice and I'm not afraid of the voters. You know, I, I don't want to be in office if I'm not reflecting their values. I want, you know, someone that is to be there. I have noticed a real, um, decline in, uh, the civil, the, the tone of, um, of our civic dialogue, um, the abundance of misinformation, um, and uh, a real willingness to uh, leverage misinformation uh, amongst the electorate. And so uh, I, I applaud both of the um, folks that elected to come forward. I think they themselves were not well informed about a number of uh, issues that were going on. Uh in this 2022 election, um, there it was. Uh, I've I've been leading on some climate change issues in our state, uh, and uh, they uh, the candidate wanted to make that election a referendum on that, which I think is fair. Uh, and I won uh, with 70 percent of the vote. So um, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> well, and um, 
as you know, I ran for office as an independent in 2021. And um, I thought running as an independent was just so refreshing. I, I actually feel sorry for partisan Republicans and Democrats who, you know, they're given their lists of their party people in their community, and they're basically only allowed to knock on the doors of people in their own party. And I'm like, what is that? I mean, I just, I go down the street and I go from door to door and talk to everybody. It's, it's so much easier and more refreshing to, um, to reach out to all voters rather than only the voters in your party. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, I say to my voters, you know, when we have town Vermont town meeting, you know, I'll say, uh, I'm here to answer questions. There's no chance that I am ever going to be able to vote the way that all of you want me to vote. Nonetheless, I have an obligation to all of you to help you understand what's happening, uh, where you can get more information, why I'm voting the way that I might be, and how you can uh, plug in additionally if you think that I'm voting in the wrong way. And uh, I think we should, I, I think we should all move and operate in that direction as elected officials. So. Uh, absolutely. So, what are your thoughts on some uh, electoral reform, such as uh, nonpartisan primaries and ranked choice voting? Uh, well, I'm in support. We actually had a bit of a fight this year uh, already. Uh, surprisingly, actually, Vermont. Um, I haven't seen this kind of uh, really partisan activity, but we have. A super majority now, really super majority in the House. We had a miscellaneous elections bill that came forward uh, that was really trying to um, limit um, limit voter choices past the primary. Really uh, tighten up the and and uh, close the primaries more than they are already, uh, and make it harder for independents to run. Mm -hmm. uh, surprisingly. Uh, and we had quite a fight about that on the floor. And despite the um, supermajority, uh, there was uh, that was an extremely close vote. And I will be surprised if when that bill comes back over from the Senate, if it looks like it did uh, when it went over. So that's the bad news. The good news is, and I am just so delighted, uh, that uh, the Vermont Senate last week passed uh, ranked choice voting uh, for the 2028 presidential primaries and um, putting forward uh, allowing uh, our local uh, elections to utilize ranked choice voting. That's now coming to the House. I believe there's a tremendous amount of support for that, and I'm ecstatic. I mean, this is something I've introduced this bill a number of years, and it hasn't gotten taken up, and I, I'm absolutely thrilled um, about this, and uh, I think it's definitely the way we need to go. It can help calm the partisanship period uh, and also help uh, improve the selection of candidates that the voters have to choose from. Um, I just, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we're going to get it done this year. Well, it eliminates the spoiler effect. So it encourages more candidates to to run for office because they can't be considered spoilers. They're not told, uh, wait your turn, you know, those type of things. Um, so Virginia passed the um, local option for ranked choice voting in 2020, and Arlington County, Virginia is going to be the first one to implement uh, for the primaries first, and then hopefully they'll implement it for the general elections for 2024. But I think it's fantastic, fantastic that um, 
it's almost across the finish line in Vermont. And please let me know if you need any help, uh, you know, saying this is what we're doing in Virginia. Hopefully you can do something similar in Vermont. Yes. Yeah, we have uh, we have six weeks left uh, this year. Uh, and I I am hopeful uh, we do. If it doesn't pass this year, we do have next year. But I really would like to see us get it done Let, this year. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as we as we're almost at the end of this podcast, um, do you have any advice for any other people who consider themselves independents, who are thinking about running for office around the country? What are some words of wisdom? And you've been reelected several times. So you, you weren't just one and done. Uh, I think you're really the exemplar of independence, both uh, running, winning, and serving. So do you have any advice for any um, potential independent candidates out there? Yeah. So in Vermont, it's, um, it is a bit easier in Vermont because of the size of our districts. And what makes it easier is that uh, you are more well known to the potential electorate and they are able to, uh, you know, we use the party system to shortcut for us what we think um, the candidates, will, how, how they'll vote, um, which when we look at legislation, it's, you know, it it's much more complex than that. It's not, you know, <laughs> do you like ice cream? Yes or no. You know, it's, uh, it's a very complex. Uh, so for independence, um, that is, that is a strike against them that, uh, the electorate may feel like, Oh, I don't know where you stand on things. Uh, so I would say, uh, get yourself together early, uh, leverage, uh, all of your, um, contacts engage with the um the uh civic boards in your district um with your town and school boards um attend those places uh, those meetings um make sure that you're aware of the issues um make sure you understand um how you're if you're running for state uh, for state office, check in with, uh, you know, the secretary of state's office, uh, check in with the clerk. Uh, there, there's so much information that is out there. Just, uh, educate yourself on the laws in your state, um, and be in touch with, uh, the varying levels of, um, of government. And, and that will help you, um, really, uh, run better campaigns and reach out to folks who have, um, who've been elected. So, you know, I'm always happy to talk to someone who is thinking about running for state, um, uh, state legislature, um, about what it's been like to be elected and to serve and, um, you know, just use all the resources that are available for, to you. Well, when I talk to people about this, um, you know, be your authentic self. If you really think you're an independent, then run as an independent. Um, yes, it is harder, but it's not impossible. And that's why I launched this podcast to show people that it's not impossible. And it could be for a state rep, it could be for a county council, or it could be for a mayor of a small town. Um, we need more independents to run, win, and serve. Yeah. And, you know, we know, Michael, that the majority of the, that most, most Americans actually consider themselves independent. Um, and, and, uh, 
tapping into that and understanding uh, what that means, uh, that, you know, folks want you to think about the issues independently. They want you to gather resources and be logical and transparent. Um, you know, talk about those things. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining our podcast today, Laura. Is there any other last words before we we wrap it up today? No, I'm so glad you're doing this. Um, I hope that um, it's a resource. It turns into a resource for independent candidates. That again is uh, how you and I met. I think there's a tremendous opportunity for that to help support independent candidates. And uh, and I'm excited you're doing this. Thank you very much for having me, Michael. And I'd love to come back sometime. All right. Well, great. Uh, today's episode was produced by Adam Theo. And we really hope uh, viewers will come and listen to the next episode of Independence for America. Thank you. Thank you.